0: Welcome to Behave. I'm your host Brian Middleton, also known as the Bearded Behaviorist. Today we have a guest, um, Paul Gavani, coming on to talk about a book that he and Brett Denovi wrote, um, The Behavioral Karma, or sorry, Behavioral Karma. My bad. No, no, the there. Um, welcome, Paulie.
1: Thanks, brother. It's awesome to come aboard and chat with you. I, I, I love talking shop. Um, especially, you know, it's exciting to having uh, published behavior karma with Brett, and uh, you know, to be sharing it, or you know, to people around the world. So, thanks for having me.
0: It's a pleasure to have you. Um, could you tell us a little bit about behavior behavior karma or behavioral karma? Uh, yeah. I know they-
1: <laughs> yeah. No problem, bro. That's okay, man. It's late Friday. It's been a long week. Yeah. Um, I, well, I'll tell you. Well, here's where I'll start. You know, the the reason we came up, and I'll explain the name to you. The reason we decided to write the book is that Brett and I very much have very common values. We, You know, we approach things a little bit differently, you know, topographically, but our values are shared, like we very, very much love helping people. We have a vision of disseminating the science across the world. And we both think kind of the, you know, the, our field hasn't done a very good job of disseminating. Um, in fact, where we originally connected and who would have known where it would turn out the way it was, but in 2016. I wrote an article for b Side 21 it's called Fighting Words in ABA, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, it kind of came out pretty hard on the field saying, you know, hey, listen, why isn't the science everywhere? And I feel like there's classism, you know, within our field and also between fields, and somehow we think we're better than other fields, and I don't think that's right. And I'm saying there's a bunch of wonderful people in our field, don't get me wrong but I, I feel like we're using the wrong language and i saw so uh that's where we connected out it's one of my favorite pieces that i ever wrote so it's called uh, uh, fighting words in aba but brett actually commented there were like three people that commented on it. and brett was one of the people that commented and so, said you know you, you, you always got to talk in his voice yo i love that you know i can he's got that Philly voice he's a brilliant guy man brilliant oh yeah so um so yeah so i ended up you know coming on board to work with him and uh you know he's like we both want to share the science and so uh, you know he had I, I had uh, was very fortunate to uh, meet a guy named Dr. Ken Wagner and Ken was the senior vice president for Aubrey Daniels International and Aubrey was like I don't have any heroes uh, if there's a hero that I have in the field it would be Aubrey otherwise everybody else is like I just I don't pay attention you know yeah. what I love is the science and so um, Aubrey I re- read his book bringing out the best in people in in like in 2008 or something like that when when I was working in schools and Mm -hmm. it was a school turnaround. It was high poverty school and the school was struggling. they're like, can you help turn the school around? I don't think so. It's a mess, you know? And uh, I said to somebody, said, well, they have school-wide PBS. I'm like, well, it's not working very well. I really think they need like PBS for adults. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, there kind of is something like that. It's called OBM. So when I read his book, I used it, I applied it made a difference you know that's why i actually end up you know publishing at quick wins because it was some of the stuff that we did there and uh you know i love sharing and uh applying the science in a very simple way the practical application of the science for making a difference at scale and this is what brett wanted as well so i came in coming back to aubrey aubrey has a uh, uh, he he has something I call the four centrals. It's like performance management, mm-hmm. pinpointing measurement, feedback, and reinforcement. Well, Brett Brett would call these behavior hacks, and it's pinpointing, goal setting, you know, self monitoring, report out, um, reciprocal feedback, and pay for performance. And we just essentially we call those the five laws for a, a, you know like marketing purposes. But like there's just behavior principles. They're just all it's all rooted in the science. And uh, we were gonna call it hacking behavior to start with. But when I started writing, because what we do, we talk back and forth and we always start writing, we read it, review it. And I'd written something in there that said something along the lines of, you know, in a sense, your behavior has karma, meaning that, you know, your behavior impacts people and their behavior impacts people and it has, and their behavior impacts you. And so it kind of has this ripple effect. And people are familiar with the word karma. You know what I mean? And so, the, you know, we say there's no, this there's, not mystical. It's not religious in any way. There's a real science behind it. So yeah. we were just pairing with something and that's what we do in the science, right? We pair. So we want to create interest. So let think about it as an establishing operation and create a want for people to come in and look at this book and see the Vitruvian man there and this thing called, you know, behavioral karma and the five scientific laws of life and leadership because we want to put, the practical application of the science of human behavior in the hands of everyday people. It's good for them and it's good for the field because Brett does stuff on TikTok and people think he's goofy for doing it. Some people, most people love it, right? So, why is he doing it? Is it because he wants to be a goofball? No, he's brilliant. What he's doing is he says that one day I want kids to grow up that are growing up say, I want to be a behavior analyst when I grow up, right? So, he fo- gets a following, and right now there's over – I think we have over 150, uh, we 150,000 or 200,000. I think 150,000 followers on TikTok, I'm somewhere around there. And so it uh, might be 200,000. But mm-hmm. we get following, and now you start to sprinkle science in, right? So mm-hmm. like, what do we do with science? Don't we Before we teach somebody something, don't we have to get their attention first? Mm-hmm. So we get their attention first. Then we sprinkle science, and we make it cool for them. And like, oh, they're, what's this thing called? Apply behavior analysis or what's the science of human behavior so it's bringing attention that's what we kind of done with the book because when you go somewhere you know like if you tell somebody you're a behavior analyst like well what's that is that that thing on like that tv show about crime and everything you know yeah, you see know. <laughs> yeah and it should be known everywhere what i say and we say this in the book the science of human behavior is the greatest science in the world because it's the only science in case in point it's the only science that can improve other sciences Mm-hmm. by improving the performance of the respective scientists and it is I've, I've much, surely you and I are both biased in this but it really is the greatest science in the world that people don't even know about and that's yeah. what the book is the purpose of it
0: you know it's, mentioned, it's funny you should mention uh, karma because I have a little bit of a grounding in, in um, yoga, eastern religions that sort of thing through a good friend who who is just mm-hmm. fascinated by it and um, had an opportunity to talk to uh, a yogi on the on karma and and just listen to him talk um and uh i can't remember his name for the life of me i'm really terrible at that but um i other people were asking questions and somebody asked good karma about good karma and this yogi stopped them and said what is this good and bad karma is like your behavior has, an, uh, has, has chain reactions. Good and bad is a judgment that we place on it. It happens. You put your behavior out there to translate it into behavior speak, and it results in other things. Or another way that I like to put it is I am a part of the environment. I, I am a part of the environment for others, and I'm a part of the environment for myself. Isn't that what self-management skills are? exactly Exactly. perceiving yourself as a part of the environment so um this is this is a perfect example of that and i love how behavior karma hits that nail on the head
1: there was actually a great article and this is not there's no this isn't about religion or spirituality all it's just about science human behavior for improving helping improve your life and the lives of others Mm -hmm. but somebody wrote uh, actually a journal published article and i loved it and uh, it's comparing uh comparing contrasting buddhism to uh applied behavior analysis amazing article man and they're very similar it's like wow man like this stuff is it's fantastic but uh yeah cool man you know your yogi got it
0: yeah uh well i don't know if he's my yogi but i'll I'll call him my yogi he's he's pretty cool dude yeah man Uh, if if
1: he wasn't cool you wouldn't call him that yeah exactly (laughs) that guy
0: (laughs) um cool so um I know you're not really a fan of this part, but could you tell a little bit about uh, what you do in the field of behavior analysis?
1: Yeah, I don't I mind that piece of it. You know, I just don't okay. want to do anything. That, yeah, but thank you. Um, I mean, right now I'm, I'm the uh, I'm the vice president of organizational leadership at Brett Denovia Associates, and uh, I am the chief operating officer for something called We Have BDI, Brett Denovia International. And that that that's the kind of branch that we're, we're about disseminating and we're with consulting and doing OBM uh, you know in, in, in different organizations and, and including schools too you know OBM bringing OBM to schools is you know you work in schools for long enough they need OBM bad. Absolutely. and so uh, yeah uh, I uh, you know within our own organization you know we're, we're working on, on a lot a st- on establishing a, a, a system of cascading coaching so it 's really using the five laws, making sure that everybody uses those to support the person below them, and also if you under, if you want to find out about the five laws it 's reciprocal, so they're also supporting the person above them. So essentially it kind of flattens everything out when everything is like reciprocal. That's part of the, the self-monitoring and report out, being of a good observer of your behavior, the impact of your behavior on your environment, your meeting goals, reporting out to somebody, that's a way to, you know, automatically recruit feedback. So that person gives reciprocal feedback, but also there's a social validity component in it, making sure that, Hey, are you okay with the feedback? Are you giving, how am I doing and supporting, you know? So that's what we want people to feel safe. We want people to, you know, perform the best they can, you know, of course, they want to, we're all in the organization to help improve outcomes uh, for the learners that we're serving, you know, so that that's what all this is about. And uh, that's, that's what I do within, you know, uh, Brett DeNovi Associates, but I also am am a professional mixed martial arts coach, and I use the science of human behavior to uh, coach my fighters. Um, written a book about that and again you'll see it's like it's amazing what you can just do with a good task analysis of a technique you can break it down it provides you metrics you know so it's pinpointing stuff people can self-monitor again the five laws can be use that self-monitoring what they're doing and reporting out to somebody out to get feedback from them uh you know and 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 by the way, the fifth law of the pay for performance, that's just our way for disguising reinforcement. Sometimes it's really pay for performance if, if it's in a, uh, an organization, but if it's in your life, it's just about producing a positive outcome for yourself, you know, producing reinforcement for yourself. And people get like pay for performance. Oh, I do something, I get paid. Yeah, you are in a sense getting paid because you're living a more valued life. You know, you're achieving goals or whatever it is. And, you know, we build that up within the book.
0: Perfect. Well, you you hit really good on the, the different things. Do you mind if I go a little bit more into detail on each of the, the five laws? That yeah, you sure, brother. So the first one is uh, pinpointing. Um, I like that you chose this one because it's it's just another way of saying analyze or identify, but it's yeah. a lot more straightforward. Uh, yeah. That that part I really appreciate. Um what are some steps that let's say somebody is trying to pinpoint how to lose weight?
1: Oh, I'm doing that right now. I'm oh, glad perfect. you brought that one up. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> I've actually started that little vlog, although I'm behind on it, um, and, I'm, and I've lost six pounds now. So, uh, yeah, in, in two and a half weeks. Thank you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of weight to lose in two and a half weeks. I don't recommend it. But okay. So, pinpointing, you know, the board pinpoints not a behavioral term, although it's used in like OBM. Mm-hmm. And uh, that I know. of. Maybe somebody will come along and correct me. I'm not a, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I don't consider myself a researcher, and I'm not a historian in the field. I just like, I'd like to take the science well, and make it and, very simple and useful, you know.
0: And our listeners are all, uh, or should all be, mostly learners or people okay. who are wanting yeah. to dive deeper. So that's yeah. that's perfectly okay. Good.
1: Well, I'm a, <laughs> hey, to all listeners, I'm a learner right there with you. I'm always learning. So anyway, so pinpoint what it suggests to us is precision. So. For example, if you were going to come down here and visit me, uh, or I was going to go visit you, and we said, you know, the the pinpoint is result. Now, all results require behavior. Somebody doing something more or less or differently to achieve it. So, the result would be, you wouldn't say, I'm going to come down to Florida, because that's where I'm at, because that is a broad area. Mm -hmm. You need a very precise, a pinpointed location, the address. That's a very pinpointed result, right? Yeah. In order to get that pinpoint result you need very precise behaviors to get there right you have to engage in driving and following the gps and all these different things that are gonna if you if you do it right it's going to efficiently get you to come down here and uh you know uh make it to my um to my location now losing weight a result that i want and uh you know i want to lose weight now how, how much weight do i want to lose well i want to lose uh, i think it's 10 pounds i think that's what i i pinpointed uh, now, so what behavior am I going to engage in? Now, when you talk about behavior, the pinpointed behaviors, the precise behaviors, you can't just say, I'm going to work out, I'm going to eat better. You've got to mind down. And the more you mind down to get precise with what you're going to do, the more likely you're going to achieve that outcome. And now you can't guesstimate this stuff. This is where people, you go look at research. What do people do to achieve some sort of desired outcomes? So, you know, I can mine it down to, Precisely, what do I eat? You know, I decided to go on a keto diet. I'm not recommending that, telling you that's what you need to do to do it. That's what I chose. And uh-huh. uh, so that means I, know, I need to know precisely what I need to eat, when I can eat it. Uh, I also decided I want to up my boxing regimen. I'm a former fighter and I box and, you know, train stuff. So I decided to work out more. But what does that look like? I'm uh-huh. not going to show up at the gym and do anything. I put myself under a very strict regimen. Because I knew I was trying to lose a lot of weight in a short amount of time, which a lot of people do. But in order to do that, it, you have to stick to it. And exactly. so, yeah, that's that's the pinpointing. You know, Again, you have a result that you want, pinpoint result, and you have uh, behaviors that, that you need to achieve that. Make sense? Makes sense.
0: So yeah. then that naturally leads into the goal setting.
1: Yeah. So the goal setting. So obviously the result, that's like the ultimate goal, but part of the goal setting is like, you want to have like a time frame, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Oh, by the way, in the, the pinpoints, you want to make them smart as so well. They're specific, they're motivational, right? So, so motivational meaning, and this is Scott Geller uses term cause there's smart acronyms were common in education. You might've heard of them, but mm-hmm. the M usually stood for measurement. And uh, to me, if it's going to be a real smart goal, it's gotta be like motivational, you know, okay. or if it's smart pinpoint, it's gotta be a behavior that you want to engage in. Like if I said, do the, if you wanted me to do the keto diet, I'm like, I'm not going to eat. I don't like to eat meat. You know, or I don't want to be any fit. That's a bad pinpoint. You don't want to do that. You know, you got to figure out something. Yeah. So, so the, the goals now become like, let's set up some sub goals. Let's set up some things that allow you to see that you're moving the right direction. Let's have them have some sort of time frame in it. And let's identify accomplishments that let us know if we're moving in the right direction. What Carl Binder, Dr. Carl Binder would call, work outputs right so those are those things because like in in schools for example if uh, you wanted to decrease suspensions well that's like a lagging result that's something that happens in the future but there are things that you'll do now that will serve as a reinforcer to people to let you know that you're moving in the right direction. For example, maybe it's the number of people trained, it's the number of people who have engaged in, you know, that have written a classroom management plan. It could be the number of people at, at post uh, providing positive reinforcement to people, like when people that come into the hallways or et cetera, et cetera, you know? So, you know, those are accomplishments and you have leading indicators that, you know, maybe it's a reduction in calls for assistance to the classroom or uh, reductions in referrals, you know? So you have to determine these measurements up front to let you know that you're moving in the right direction. For me, it's the number of times I've went to the gym this week. It's the number of meals I've stuck to the keto diet with. You know, It's the number of days that I've stayed within keto because you have to measure with – they have this little stick and you have to ketosis, put it in like your urine. Yeah. yeah, that you're in ketosis. So those all let you – that serves as reinforcement. You have to find – you have to identify reinforcers up front to keep you on track. You know, Mm -hmm. it's very important and people just dive right in and they get get discouraged because if you're looking at that weight, which is the ultimate reinforcer, right, you want to see that weight drop, but it might take a minute for that to happen. And so this keeps you on track. So, you know, like, all right, if I just stay on this, if I've done my research, well, I'm engaging the behavior, my weight is going to go down. And that kind of gets you through till that weight movement. And you're like, oh, that feels so wonderful. You know, then you keep going. Exactly.
0: Okay, so then after that, you you actually talked a little bit about the self
1: monitoring and reporting out. Um, this is critical, man. You know, yeah. and so if you've if you've pinpointed well, you know, like let's say let's say you've created you know an action plan or a task analysis. Those are those are pinpoints. You know, mm-hmm. so you can check to see if you are actually engaging those behaviors. It's kind of like you know you're doing it treatment integrity you know (laughs) you're making sure that you know that you're actually following the plan that you laid out in the report out that's a contingency if you identify somebody that you value somebody that cares about you you know somebody that's important to you in your life and you're reporting out to them that what you're doing people you know, tend to want to engage in say-do, right? The correspondence, they want to make sure that they, if they say they're going to do something, right? They've mm-hmm. let people know what the goals, let them know the, you know the pinpoints that they're going to engage in to achieve those goals, and they're, they're regularly reporting out to them. Well, it's a contingency. It's a more of an immediate contingency to keep them on track. My wife and I were both doing this. We were self-monitoring what we were eating, and we were reporting out to each other. And so me having knowing that I'm going to report out her, knowing that she's going to report out to me, it increased the likelihood that we would both stay on task for that meal because believe me i want some carbs man at school you know how it is. she wants to dive into the skittles or the tootsie rolls or whatever like you know that are going around there but that keeps it going and also by reporting out to me i actually was able to steer her because she said she was going to eat this thing i was like oh don't eat that. That's not keto friendly. That's going to bump you out of keto. And some people can take a day to five days to get back in. So it allows, so by doing that, she's essentially recruiting feedback. Mm -hmm. And that allows me to also reinforce what she's doing or provide her some corrective feedback to keep her on on path. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Well, and my wife and I do something kind of like that. I don't tell her, you shouldn't do that. I say, do you really want to do that? Yeah, And then she has to ask
1: herself that And she's like, no, not really And then she well, does the same thing for me But it's the same idea Well, it's fantastic Because in the book you, you are actually ahead of the game Is Asking people questions is the way to go You know what I mean? Especially if, if they possess the knowledge already g- Engaging in question asking Is a way to avoid prompt dependence And for it to allow people to like really think about what they're doing again we need people to become better observers of the behavior the impact of the behavior on their environment which remember that means moving towards their goals and the impact of the environment on their behavior and this also includes their private events right their covert behaviors and seeing how that in you know impacts their you know overt behaviors you know so it's it's all comes back to behavior
0: exactly all right so reciprocal feedback that's the next one the fourth law
1: so that's the part I kind of covered in there a little bit. And that meaning like if you're reporting out to somebody, what you're doing is you're creating a loop, right? So uh-huh. rather than if it if this goal is important to you, you're going to be more likely to – self-monitor report out to somebody. So it serves as a prompt for somebody to provide you some sort of feedback on it. Like, Hey, keep up the good work. Or mm-hmm. like I did with my wife, like tell you, like you said, the way you get uh, said with your wife. So tell me, you know, what, what is that meal made up of? What does that consist yeah. of? I could ask you some questions. So does that align with keto friendly? So i got to get her to think about that. You know, is that on the diet, pull out your guide that we talked about, you know, let's check to see where that is so we can foster independence with those guys. So, you know, so, with reciprocal feedback, we talk about this in the book a lot, and that is shifting from if somebody, if you've taught somebody something, if you or they, you know, they might possess the knowledge. You need to pull them out of this, and this is probably very important for people who are doing supervision. You really want to shift from telling people to asking people, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know you're going to increase their ability to assess, uh, problem solve, and make decisions, and that's really what we want, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll say my, my best supervisors, because I had multiple through the, the credentialing process, um, they were the ones who would say, well, what would you do? And then, and then let me figure it out. And then after I figure it out and I present to them, then they'd say, okay, well, why'd you choose this word? Why did you choose that sentence? why did you take that approach and that sort of thing and they wouldn't just do it for for correction they would do it for um, comprehension because uh, you know they might they might ask me well why did you choose to do this differential reinforcement this way instead of doing it this other way um, and not because they were critiquing me but because they wanted me to understand and I loved that. That was, that was one of the things that I really appreciated about a couple of my supervisors. So yeah,
1: man. And they were constantly, while you're doing it, they were constantly assessing you. I mean, that's the best way to bring it back to the task, the task list that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They can say, you know, what task are you working on? You know, why did you choose that? It's constant assessment and it allows them the opportunity, which it sounds like they did with you mm-hmm. to reinforce or get you to dig deeper, to think about like what behavioral principle this thing is. So, you know, Props to, to, props to those people, whoever supervising you. This sounds like they were doing a great job. Oh, Obviously, fantastic. you passed.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was very happy about that. Okay, so last one for the five laws, pay for performance. How would that work with losing weight?
1: So, uh, so, so essentially what we're saying with pay for performance is that's just positive reinforcement, right? Mm-hmm. Or it could be like negative reinforcement. It's reinforcement. So what we want people to understand is like the word pay, people understand that if I, it, Remember we're we're pairing, we're trying to help people understand the science. So if you do uh-huh. this thing, you in a sense are getting paid, right? In uh-huh. other words, like if I'm losing weight, I feel good about that, right? That's a positive reinforcement to me, you know, and that's a good thing. Uh if you're in a relationship and you behave in ways that improve that relationship, your wife or your husband or your significant other isn't necessarily paying you money for those things, but your relationship gets stronger. You know, you're living more of a valued life and that serves, that's a reinforcer to one another. So it's not necessarily money, but an organization, it might be, uh, it might be money. So what we really wanted people to understand is what reinforcement actually is and what it's not, and that it's everywhere. And that if you're behaving, you know, there's some sort of reinforcement occurring, you know, one way or the other. So yeah, that's a what's a about. And you know, and if they understand it, then they might be able to leverage it in their own life, or they can might be able to leverage it in a way that helps people to help others. And they have to understand where, like, you might be doing things that are actually reinforcing people, and that's inadvertent—you're not meaning to. You know, you might be actually doing things that you're thinking are reinforcing people, but it's not right. Because sometimes you have to understand that some things are reinforcing to some people sometimes and sometimes they're not you know so getting people to reflect on those things a little bit more became you know very important because people don't understand why behavior occurs and we know that this is what's at the root of it
0: exactly um one thing just a a very quick sidetrack but i it's it's one i think is is kind of valuable um you've talked a couple times about values uh, in all of this yeah and um
1: can you can you in your own words describe what values are yeah, you know, there's, there's, uh, I'm gonna do my best here, okay. So I, I keep things very, very, um, uh, very behavioral nature, right? So I, I, like to use the ACT Matrix. If nobody's familiar with ACT Matrix, we, we, we talk about it in the book, and I don't, I don't use uh, a lot of the uh, terminology that you know the Acceptance Commitment people use or contextual behavior science because it's just still behavior to me. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense what they're saying. I love it. Uh, I look at values as reinforcers and what it's like a, it's like a combination of, uh, um, well, I don't, I don't want to give people bad information here. Okay. <laughs> what I wanted to say, it's like, what's meaningful to you. And if you, if it, you engage in that behavior, it's automatically reinforcing to you. So kindness, mm-hmm. I value kindness. Right. And so when I am kind to people, it it produces automatic reinforcement to me. And also if I have a goal of like, you know, turning a school around, and uh, I value kindness it, it, I, and I engage in those behaviors and you involve people in things and they like it and that, that makes them happy Well, increase the likelihood that we're going to also achieve goals you know because goals are different from values so you know values are like linked behavior and they just produce their own reinforcement um, and uh, yeah so that, that's how I see it and I see that to just keep it uh, again I, I've, I've written about the act matrix I've written about it using the fighters and I just see it as if you you know what your reinforcers are. If you know what's important mm-hmm. to you in leading life, you know uh, then you can like you can figure out what's keeping you from achieving those values. They would they would use some other words, but what private events show up that lead you to engage in some other behavior uh, th- that you know helps you to avoid those aversive thoughts and feelings, you know, but Uh that behavior might be unproductive and it might be moving away from, you know, those values and, you know, okay, what behaviors can we commit to or pinpoint, right. That are going to allow us to engage or produce those kind of meaningful outcomes. So, yeah, that's, I really just, I would just keep it simple as like, what are your, you know, what are your reinforcers? You know, if you behave in certain ways, uh, what is, what behaviors will produce you like automatic reinforce? That's the simplest way that I can kind of frame it. There was a recent article that came out on it that they, they, they have like a really good, I I actually go over it in my coaching core cohort with some folks. mm -hmm. They've done a really nice job kind of, uh, you know, explaining it and that was at the root of it. It's almost like, again, automatic reinforcement. Um, and, uh, you know, you you produce, you know, by engaging that behavior, you are producing reinforcement for yourself. So, yeah.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I had never thought of it from the automatic aspect of it. Um, Uh, while you were talking about that, that actually made me think of something that I recently saw um, where um, I saw somebody who had posted a story about how um, she had gone through and lost something like a hundred pounds and she was miserable and that she is now as heavy as she was before but she's not miserable she's happy or or at least well balanced is what the way i read it and the 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 thought that came to my mind when i saw that was well you were probably goals oriented but not values oriented when you were losing your weight she she was worried about the weight and then she hit that goal and is like well now what Yeah. And um, I'm going through the process of working on weight loss. I'm working with a personal trainer. He's fantastic. He's, he's, I keep on telling him, you're a behavior analyst and you don't even know it. Uh, And, and it's, it's, he's just really knows what he's doing and he's helping me and my wife accomplish those, um, those goals. But my wife and I talked about this and we're like, what are our values? What do we want? We want to be active. We want to go out and do active things. So Or you a, want to
1: live healthy. You want to live a healthy life. Exactly. Your behavior's going to like typically drift back to that. Like your baseline. Look at like your values, your core values are like a, a baseline where your behavior will return to. I'm actually doing a uh uh, writing another book with Kate Harrison and Brett on uh, using the five laws in your relationship. We talk oh, about that. Yeah. One of the big errors that people make is not understanding their own values mm-hmm. and not understanding the values of their partners. And they might get together and because you see behavior and people change their behavior initially when they, they get together, but their behavior is going to still be going to return to what their true values are And if you're unable to if you don't recognize your own values you might start living the values of somebody else and you become unhappy or you might get with somebody because you are unable to assess what their real values are so i actually pulled up the definition i talk about with my coaching cohort so let me give that to you real quick oh please so do fre- yeah it's fresh man it's a fresh it's about it's out of uh let me see the silva ferrera Samo's, i'm screwing this up and ferrera and the, the santos it's uh, at a perspectives on behavior science and what are values in clinical behavior so here's what they put in the end and like i i could misquote it because i've it um but that's that's the article so they describe it this is their proposed definition of values in clinical settings okay let me mm-hmm. clarify that so so here's what they say stable and comprehensive qualities of behavior described by the subject in augmentals and parentheses that is verbal contingencies that establish positive reinforcing functions of for his own described behavior from this perspective values cannot be met as singular events but refer to a stable qualities of a subject's wide repertoire considering the field of values we're dealing with with motivational aspect of behavior that commonly refers to uh, use of concepts of motivating operation Uh, and and rules on what is desired important or valuable can function as an establishing or motivational uh, variables and verbally uh, able humans. So such rules have the ability to alter the function of stimuli in a subject's life, including the stimulus functions of behaving itself or called augmentals. In this regard, desired qualities, like what I just mentioned, kindness, are verbally described through augmentals with establishing functions of positive reinforcement. I like to be kind. I tell myself that. I engage in Kind behavior that produces reinforcement, other outcomes. So, I didn't mean to get all science-y and stuff like that, but I want to no, make sure nobody walked that, away from that. This that's left. perfect.
0: Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually going to use what my wife and I are going through with the values to do that. So, um, I think what, based off what I heard and what, what was said, um, my wife and I, our value is to be active um, and engage in things that we enjoy. Um, traveling and being outdoors are those uh, are, are a couple of those things. So. Um, A year ago, um, Labor Day, we went on a backpacking trip, and we made it about six or seven miles before we couldn't keep going. Um, This last Labor Day, after we have been working on engaging with our values and doing all the behaviors that led to it, we did a 17-mile-in-two-days
1: backpacking trek. Nice and oh, nice. it like that I, I could p- unpack that with the five laws easily exactly Is what do we do to get there you know what was our goal we're going to hit this goal you know um you know are we doing this thing self-monitoring reporting out to each other you know i'm sure that all that stuff was engaged in it. and with the with the paper performance we hit that goal that's all awesome. exactly
0: and that that wasn't the end goal the end goal wasn't we can do 17 miles because the values are continuous.
1: Yes, that's um, right.
0: We we have a goal of uh, we would like to do Machu Picchu when all this craziness is over and and that sort of stuff, and we would love to be able to do the hike, not the drive up, mm-hmm. um, because that would be that would be amazing. Um, but the journey, brother, not the destination, right? Exactly. That's that's just another um, part of the journey. The the the
1: destination is.
0: I don't know. Like, I just, I just well, want to be of your able values, to. The exactly. values, the
1: values are your journey. You know what I mean? So, what is your journey? You know that that becomes like the values. So that's 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 good, man.
0: Yeah. So perfect. I thank you for taking that little sidetrack into values. Um, just so you folks know, uh, we referred to acceptance and commitment therapy or training. The T can stand for uh, training or therapy, and I'm of the opinion that ACT is more uh, self-management than anything else because they are discrete skills that you learn and you practice. Um, and I actually use them with my, uh, my clients. I work with quite a few clients, uh, autistic and, and other learning um, challenged in, uh, or learning challenging. Uh, ch- sorry, developmental delay. There we go, kids. Um, but the long short, long and short of it is it's a very valuable resource, and I definitely re- recommend checking it out. It, it
1: is. I, I, I think it is as well, and especially the ACT Matrix, because it's easy for people to understand. I'm a big supporter of that. And everybody and any of the listeners need to understand, if they don't already know, like radical behaviorism did not discount private events. Yeah. You know, it's just that we focus on uh, behaviors that are overt for people. Mm-hmm. So essentially when it comes to ACT, you're almost teaching people – to be their own behavior analyst because their thoughts and the feelings are the behaviors that only they can observe so they can understand how those thoughts and uh, feelings are impacting their behavior why those things are occurring know what they really value and know what behaviors are going to lead to those they can be like you know what i got this thing going on i want to make sure i'll do this i need to do that because that's going to move me closer to the who and what uh, that i value
0: exactly Wow, we've covered a lot of ground. That's that's fantastic. Um, Well, uh, Polly,
1: where would someone be able to find a copy of Behavioral Karma? Well, thanks for asking, man. Um, And I do hope Brett and I we made it as cheap as Amazon would like us to. That would allow us to make it. Uh, So it's it's on Amazon. Uh, and we're, you know, we're very fortunate. You know, it keeps bouncing back and forth in a couple of categories as a number one bestseller, but just Amazon. Just go on Amazon, Google Behavior Karma, the five scientific laws of life and leadership, and uh, you'll be able to pick up a, a copy there. Um, it's an ebook. It's in paperback we have already we've had an audible created We're just waiting to have it all uploaded so that's coming out you know yes. hopefully this next week is all done yeah yeah a lot of people audible we did a research on that because how are we going to disseminate well audible is the, trending very highly right now people want books on audio and it's just another way for us to get the people we're also having we just got it finished getting it translated into a, another language spanish and Beautiful. uh we actually have a very high profile literary agent that decided they wanted to take us on because they really believe in the book, they believe in the science, and this is what's gonna be wonderful for the science because she's worked with multiple New York Times bestsellers. And if you get at that level, right, New York Times bestseller, and of course, we believe that's gonna happen. You know, we really believe in the book, we believe in the science and we believe that's going to bring value to people but if that happens it's so good for the science it's so good for the world because we're putting the science of helping as we describe in the book this is the science of helping into the hands of people so they can really start to understand how to be a better parent how to be a better spouse how to be a better teacher whatever it is how to be a better leader anything that they want to do they can you know as you know use this science to produce those positive outcomes for themselves and others so we're excited
0: that that is exciting and uh i'm really grateful for what you and brett have been doing um especially this book but also the videos that you guys have been putting out and um just the inspiration that you have um is there anything that else you would want to share about this book or any of the projects that you have coming up
1: um i mean i, mean, I I'm, as i mentioned we're working uh I'm working with kate and brett on a relationship project uh it's gonna be about the five scientific laws for uh, developing, uh, sustaining, or uh, repairing your relationship. Uh, so we're really gonna walk people through like assessing their own values that we were talking about. Um, you know, looking at their own behaviors. You know, I, my 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 co-host uh, Billy called it a functional relationship assessment. I think that's what he called it, right? So trying to figure out like what's going on in a relationship. What you know, what ha, why are we having problems or not having problems? You know. So uh, yeah, working on that right now. Um, I would just encourage people if you can, you know, we call it the Behavior Karma movement. It's just it's a it's a movement about the, you know applied behavior analysis. It's a, it's a movement about the science of human behavior. It's trying to put it in people's hands. So um, please, you know, join us uh, if you can. Uh, connect with us on Behavior Karma on our Facebook page. We have a group there. We'd love to have you um, if you can follow Billy and I. Uh, it's on Buzzsprout. Or it's actually in your platforms. We have. The behavior karma podcast um that's going on or connect with us on linkedin you know paul gavoni or brett d'anovi uh or paulie gloves on facebook We have an instagram we're all uh, we're all over the place so just we if you have a question reach out you know this is what i what i do and uh you know we're we're, we're happy to respond you know and if you can't if you don't get immediate response just keep trying you know we, we do our best to get back to everybody
0: you guys do you're you're pretty awesome at that Thanks in fact you, you- you kind of go above and beyond it's it's i'm sure overwhelming with all the folks who reach out to you
1: thank you very much man we try
0: all right well um i think that about wraps it up uh folks please uh feel free to look up this book it's fantastic i really enjoyed reading it and i look forward to the audio because then i can listen to it i'm an audiophile i love listening to books if i can help it um also check out behavior karma um on facebook and other and other places um And uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show.
1: I appreciate it, brother. You have a great weekend, man. And congratulations on your certification, man. We need more great people like you in the field.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, folks. uh, Thanks for joining OBEhave. Um, This podcast is an open source education material, which means that you can use it um, towards uh, continuing dissemination of behavior analysis. Uh, Please support other open source ed Materials such as um, Brett Denovian Associates and the work that they do, as well as other folks like Sitecore, we really appreciate your time, and uh, I hope you guys have an excellent day.